people think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. Hi, welcome to Kidney Talk. I'm Lori Hartwell. And I'm Stephen First. And welcome back. I mean, we are having a ton of fun and we're learning a ton of stuff. Yes. And today's topic is about home hemodialysis. And we're going to learn from a patient firsthand, Hasmic Meridian. And, Say uh, that three times fast. It's like Dr. <laughs> Kajubu. Exactly. You know, home dialysis I, it just seems to be this the rage right now. I it mean, is. Every, it's the end thing. Every conference I go to, everybody keeps saying, home dialysis, home dialysis, you know, and it's just, it's amazing. And I go to in-center dialysis and I keep thinking, what am I missing here, you know? But, I mean, these people that we've talked to, uh, the patients and the doctors, uh, they just, you know, the patients, you know, at least seem so healthy and so wonderful. Wonderful. Well, we're going to hear firsthand, so stay tuned, everybody, and uh, we'll learn all about home dialysis. What's the secret ingredient for delicious yet healthier meals? Why, Mrs. Dash seasoning blends, of course. The 12 varieties of Mrs. Dash are all made up with a unique blend of 14 natural herbs and spices to make side dishes snap, potato pop, and dinner date unbelievable. And since Mrs. Dash has always been salt-free with no MSG, you can create great-tasting meals full of only one thing, mouth-watering flavor. Here's an easy-to-make healthy recipe idea. Coat some boneless chicken breast in a mixture of Parmesan cheese, breadcrumbs, and Mrs. Dash Original Blend. Saute in extra virgin olive oil until done. Then give a small squeeze of fresh lemon juice and serve over your favorite pasta. Mm. Doesn't that sound good? Well, for more information, visit MrsDash.com. Mrs. Dash, salt-free, flavorful. I just love that song. Homeward Bound, I wish I was. Now, did you want to be Simon or Garfunkel when you uh, heard that Neither. song? Neither? <laughs> Neither. You could be Simon because you're the shorter one, and, and I could be Garfunkel. Okay. Because well, I, 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 I have the frizzier hair. I'm taller than I look. You know? It's a great song. But it's we're here It's a great, great song today to talk about with, home dialysis. Exactly. Get the Perfect. connection, people. That's the connection. We try to pick out songs that are themes to the exactly. show. Exactly. Everybody listening, that's one of the best parts of the show is trying to figure out the songs and have Stephen sing them for me. Right. And you know what? <laughs> you should hear Lori and I argue about which song we're going to do. You know? But anyways, we're here uh, with Hasmic Meridian, and she's going to be telling us a little bit about her uh, her experience as a patient for a very long time. She's from Armenia, and it's uh, she has a fascinating story of how she ended up in the United States, how she got here who brought her here, and why she came here. And it's a really, really fascinating story. I was riveted 
you know, not just to my chair, but I was riveted to her story. Well, we're here today with a lovely lady named Hasmic Meridian, and she's going to be telling us a little bit about her experience as being a patient. Did you pronounce that right? Did I say it right? Yes. yes. Hasmic Meridian. We've only been practicing this 20 times. I figured she'd get it right this time. (laughs) Um, Well, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am uh, 33 years old. 33? Yes, I am. You don't look like a day over 32. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been on um, dialysis on and off about 10 years, 10 10 to 12 years. 10 years you've been on dialysis? And and what kind of dialysis? Uh, Hemo Um, or PD? I've been on hemodialysis. I've been on peritoneal dialysis. And I recently just started uh, home hemodialysis. Home hemo. That's what we're going to talk about today. But let me ask you something. Out of the hemodialysis and the PD, which did you prefer? Because there's always like... Hemodialysis. You did. Hemodialysis. What what didn't you like about the PD? Um, with PD dialysis, I had problems myself. I don't know in general, but I did have an ultrafiltration problem, and I gained so much weight with uh, dextrose that we're using for peritoneal dialysis. So I you gave lost up. your girlish figure. Yes, I did. Uh-huh. Yes, I did. I did the same thing. <laughs> yes, I, did. I lost my girlish figure, but yeah. <laughs> I lost it when I was twelve. But. Well, I uh, lost it when I started dialysis when I was sixteen years old. And you've had two transplants, correct? I had two transplants. Unfortunately, both were unsuccessful. Did they last a certain period uh, of time? The first one did a little bit, three years. Second three years, one, that's not bad. Yeah, second one was only like one year. Now, when you when you had the transplant and it had lasted, you know, it was going into its first year, second year, that's much better than being on dialysis, correct? Of course, definitely. But it did not take me too long to enjoy it. Um, the first six months was great. It was my greatest time of life. And after that, it went to the failing in and out hospital all the time. Infections, rejections, infections, rejections. So um, it was bad. I preferred going back to hemodialysis than living with kidney with uh, a lot of problems. No, that's interesting. Would you, if somebody gave you a kidney now, would you turn it down? You know, um, if I get a six out of six match, I would probably get it. If not that, then I don't want kidney. Are you yes. on a waiting list somewhere? I, I'm starting to do the workup. Uh, I am going to be on waiting list pre- pretty soon and wait for the best kidney. Well, I was talking to Hasmic about that, too, because I was in the same situation. My first two transplants didn't work at all, was on dialysis for 12 years, and I got a successful third transplant, um, which was a six-antigen match, although I'm hearing the antigen matches aren't as important as they used to be, um, a little over 16 years ago. So, um, you know, I'm very, I'm very grateful uh, my brother uh, wanted to give me a kidney, and we did a workout with him. Unfortunately, he was not a perfect match, and uh, we decided not to go for it. So you've just um, you just transitioned from in-center hemodialysis to home hemodialysis. Yes. What what has that been like? Um, wonderful, wonderful. I was waiting for this for a long, long time. Uh, people from Canada. Um, the first time they called, um, I work in doctor's office, in the nephrologist. I know you work for a nephrologist, yes. so you oh get the gosh. inside How, scoop. She has the inside scoop. She, yes. she can I always guess. know when, uh, you know, uh, kidneys is coming up. Uh-huh. No, they don't, they don't call the doctor's office. No, She'll, they don't. No. <laughs> well, that's true, too. But, uh, uh, well, Canadian people, when they called first time, was about 
you know, 10 years ago to uh, come up with the program, home hemodialysis program, I was the first one to find out about it because I answered the phone, I transferred the messages to the doctor, and um, they started talking about home hemodialysis on the phone with me, and they started convincing me, and I said, no way, because I went on with peritoneal dialysis already unsuccessful, and I didn't want to go through that again. So every time they would call me, every time I would say, don't talk about it with me, please. Would you drop the call? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would listen because I was very um, interested, but yet I wasn't ready for it, and I didn't want to go through that, you know, problems again, home, and I didn't know what that is. I didn't Plus really know. Plus the Canadians know. speak funny. Too. I would probably speak funny then, too, myself. <laughs> so. But then eventually, uh, you know, about Two years ago, we started the home hemodialysis program in our um, center, and um, I was one of the first patients on the list. But again, because of so many unsuccessful, you know, um, health problems, I decided that I want to go um, be at least like third or fourth patient. You didn't want to be the first one. I you didn't, didn't want to be, be the, the guinea pig. Right. I didn't want to be the first. And one. how much training do you have to have uh, to um, start the not home too hemo? long, not not too long um, uh, training because it's all about the cannulation to learn how to cannulate yourself. Which and means cannulation. What does it mean? Uh, stick yourself. Stick yourself. <laughs> yes. Okay, we yes. learned that. Yes. yes. Um, stick yourself and. Um, and learn um, the concept of dialysis uh, itself, the machine. Now, honestly, what is it hard to does. stick yourself to cannulize? Um, you know what? Before I started getting training um, with the, you know, training nurse, I already made up my mind um, in center with PCT's presence to cannulate myself. And it wasn't as hard as you. That's the first scary part when you think about, oh my God, how am I going to stick myself and I'm, how am I going to pull the needle out by myself? Yeah, because you have, only have one hand available. You, and you have two sides to hold it, especially yeah. when you're a bleeder. It's really, really hard, um, you know, when you think about it, but when you're actually doing it, it's not as hard as you think. It's the best thing that you can do take the control of your life. Now, yourself. do you have somebody at home to help you? Um, at home? I have supported, but I'm trying not to get, you know, I live with my mom, my brother is there. Um, I'm trying not to get them involved too much because um, they have their own life already. They've been through with me all these years. Um, but um, definitely, um, it's good to have a supporter there, at least, you know, God forbid, you never know what happens, at least to just be there to call 911, just in case it does come so, true. But. Well, I have a question. What was it like when you went home the first night and you were by yourself and the healthcare professionals were around you? What was that like? And, I and what was were nervous. Some... I was very nervous. You're not a nurse, right? I'm not a nurse. You work in a doctor's office, but you're not a nurse. I'm not a nurse. I'm okay. working through my nursing degree right now. I see. Uh, but... Um, yeah, what I was, was it like the first nervous. night? Yeah. I was very, very nervous. And they're, uh, they're on the phone 24 hours a day if there's any problem. And, um, you know, I can call them. And first night I actually was on the phone 
uh, with a technician for a while because I was having some bicarb problem, you know, dissolving in the water. So he was um, supportive and he was walking me through what to do, how to fix it. And it took me only like 20 minutes uh, to half an hour to take care of it. And I was on the machine for three hours and I took care of it myself. Now, how often do you dialyze? I just started, so I'm thinking of putting my schedule for five times a week. At two hours a time? Probably two and a half hours to three hours. hours, I feel much better when I do longer dialysis. What caused your kidney failure? Um, We don't know. It just, your kidneys just stopped working. Was it instantaneous or was it gradual? Um, Apparently it was gradual and we didn't know about it. So I was only 16 years old, never thought about it. You know, one day with swollen legs, went to a doctor and found out that I have a kidney failure. It took me only six months. Next thing I know, I have to start dialysis. Hasbik, I'm interested, you know, when you got kidney disease, uh, were you in the United States or were you in Armenia? No, I was in Armenia when I started dialysis when I was when I got sick. What was that like? Um, it was terrible because we didn't uh, know what dialysis was, first of all. Uh, and, um, you know, and my parents went to a doctor and they were told that I need to start dialysis. We refused it for a while. And then um, we found out that there is no uh, dialysis. Um, the technology back home wasn't is great, uh, and people were dying of uh, kidney failure without even starting dialysis. Um, but I was, uh, I guess, one of the luckiest patient um, uh, person there that um, um, I started hemodialysis when uh, the uh, uh, big earthquake happened in Armenia, and uh, we had a lot of, lots of, lots of help from uh, United States and from Europe. A lot of. Uh, when was that earthquake? I think I remember that. When oh, was that? It was back in 1988. Oh, and they had hundreds and of thousands of yes, people died. Yes, they had about 200,000 uh, people died of it, and um, uh, we needed help. Of a lot of patients from earthquake uh, were on dial. Uh, were yeah, they had the crush syndrome. Failed. Yeah, they had the, when they in crushed, a disaster yes. is called the crush syndrome. And, and it, it, their organs stop because exactly. of the, their, the weight on them. Their, their and they need, immediate, was, they need acute dialysis to survive. It's not long-term, but it's acute. It was acute dialysis they needed to have. And we did not, uh, we couldn't, Armenia could not provide that because we didn't have the machine, we didn't have the technology, we didn't have the supplies for it. That's when um, United States and Europe um, came in with help. And they sent a lot of um, machines and supplies and had a lot of patients survived um, because of the um, dialysis machines. And I was one of the patient, not acute patient, chronic patient, that uh, got in that path and went on uh, the American machines and um, started my dialysis uh, with uh, one of the, I think it was uh, Baxter machine then. Now, the doctor that, that uh, helped you in Armenia? Yes. Dr. Menasin happened to uh, be there for the earthquake. And the, your doctor was, that's... Dr. Menasin. The one that's, that I'm working with you in the right United now. States? Yes. Oh, my yes. gosh. Yes. He did his rounds um, in, the, you know, in the hospital and came across uh, to me. I was one of the youngest um, patient there. And um, he talked to my parents and suggested that I should be um, 
I should go to United States if I could get a help to visa to get in United States. I should do it. So my, my parents worked on it. Uh, medical outreach uh, helped me to get a visa to get to United States. And um, first day I walked in, I had all the help uh, I was expecting. And it was amazing. And you, and this is the doctor you work for? This is a doctor I work for. Oh he's, he's your gosh. family, right? Is, he's my that... family. Hi, my name is Jenny Huey. There is a critical shortage of organs. 91,000 people are waiting for a transplant. I am one of those people waiting for a kidney, like many of you listening. I wait for my transplant coordinator to call me with the good news, that they have a kidney for me. Other young women my age are waiting for that special someone who they met online at that dating website, Match.com, to call. And I'm waiting for the right cross-match. It is important that we all inform our friends, family, and co-workers about the importance of becoming a donor and to make sure they sign a donor card. Also, they need to discuss this very important decision with their family. We all need to bring awareness to the public about the importance of giving the gift of life so I can continue on with my life, dialysis-free, and have guys waiting patiently by the phone for me. When you're dialyzing for the three hours and when you're finished the first time, what did, I mean, that must just have been a great feeling that, you know, you're like, wow, I did this by myself. Yes. It was very scary at first because there is no one um, that you can depend on just in case you bleed, somebody's going to help you. I have the supporter there, but again, they're not really trained the way I am trained. So I am more careful. I was nervous. I'm having this, uh, you know, burning sensation in me when the needle is ready to come out. But when I'm when I was done, I said, oh, my God, I did it. And this is wonderful. This is wonderful when, you know, I can do uh, whatever hour I want to start, whenever I want to finish. You know, I am um, tired. I don't feel like doing it, you know, this time I can do two hours later. It's not like I'm depending on the center and they have my time. I have to be there and sit there for a while until the nurse or the PCT is ready to come and I'm late from work. I have to um, beg them or please hurry up. I need to go. I need to rest. I need to go back to work. And you can sit in your pajamas at home. You can sit around in your underwear and have it done. You know, you don't have to worry. It is so true. It is so true. I don't have to worry about, oh, what am I going to wear today to get my arm up? So I I worry about that too. You know, I'll I'll put on a shirt and I'll go, well, I don't, a long sleeve shirt and I'll say, oh, can they roll up the sleeves enough so I can, they can get to my access. I had the same feelings and stuff. And, uh, Most of all, you have, um, you know, I have the control of my own life. Nobody else. Do not depend on anybody but myself. That must be a great That's the feeling. Best yeah, feeling I um, I'm having um, since you know since I was 16 years old because the worry has always been there. Transplant um, and hemodialysis in the center. Um, God forbid I'm 
something happens, am I going to be safe? Is my graft safe with different people sticking me? That's another thing that I am so grateful that uh, I'm going to do it by myself. Now, are you going to get your graft replaced by yes, a fistula? Yes, yes. That's my priority. Um, sometime next week, I already scheduled the appointment with a vascular surgeon. Um, hopefully, I can have transposition. If I can't, then I will have a new fistula placed in so we can use the uh, buttonhole method. Well, tell me, how how do you feel? I mean, you know, do you see a difference from dialyzing? Yeah, is it different than being yes, in the center? Yes, yes, because instead of three times a week, I'm doing it more often now. I feel more like a normal person than I was doing when I was doing three times a week. Um, I you have was more energy? Or? More energy. Um, lab results, dramatic change. Um, Your lab results are better? Yes, so much better. My clearance, um, we call it KTRV. KTRV, yes. Is, uh, we can see the change in within two weeks. What about your diet and fluid? Um, no restrictions. That was another thing that um, when I got offered for home dialysis to start in the program, um, I'm a bad girl. I'm, I drink too much. I love water. Oh, I thought you were going to say vodka. <laughs> no, no alcohol at all, but uh, I love not even juices. I just love plain water. I guess just because we're not supposed to have, I you love it. it more. I want it more. You know, that's my biggest problem. It's not, uh, you know, I, I could stay away from potatoes and bananas and avocados. I have no problem with yes. that. I. I just, I love to drink fluids. I just love it. I mean, especially in the summertime, I just, yes. I, I would always in my car would have a big gulp on my side, whether I was thirsty or not. Well, you yes. know, it's because we're we're social beings. And I think so much is, is around, you know, meeting for coffee, meeting for drinks, um, all the different aspects of it that, you know, it's such a big part of our life. And when you go somewhere and your fluid's limited, sometimes you may not want to go to the event exactly. because you're afraid that so. you may drink too much because you have to pay the price yeah. if you gain too much fluid. And I always say it's uh, it's always psychologically. Uh, when they tell you you're not supposed to, you can't, you just want more. Um, when the nurses, uh, they will start telling me what to do, not to drink too much, chew gum. I always tell them, please, we know what to do. It just psychologically, it's not working. Right. Whatever we do, it's not going to work. Right. It just, I'm just going to the water, knowing that I'm not thirsty. I, I won't feel thirsty, but I just my brain goes to the water. Um, so that was another um, big issue with me, because gaining four kilos, five kilos over the weekend, uh, and then really that much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Over the weekend, I would always gain too much water and uh, too much, you know. And when they drained that off, that much off, did you crash? Would you crash? Crashed, crashed, sick, um, tired, you know, going home, needed at least three, four hours rest before going to work. Going to work, not feeling like working, it's really, really hard. How is your blood pressure? Because I know I have a problem with that. My blood, blood pressure is too low. Um, blood pressure, fortunately, I did not have that problem, you know, not, never. You're not a diabetic, never, correct? No. Right. Never got in hypotensive, uh, you know. I 
always been okay with the blood pressure, but still um, the tiredness, the uh, crash has always been there. I was always, always tired after dialysis. And home hemodialysis is one good opportunity for me not to worry about restricted restrictions, not to worry about drinking water, eating potassium. In matter of fact, now I do everyday dialysis. I need to have potassium because I'm going to lose a lot of potassiums while I'm doing my dialysis. So um, now you have to adjust, which they exactly. say don't, don't so eat like, potassium. Now, now you need to eat a little bit of it. So yeah. now it's like you eat potatoes three times a day, right? Uh, not not really, <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to stay away because I'm gaining too much weight already, having good appetite with everyday dialysis. <laughs> So, um, I know it's so funny because when battling a weight problem my entire life and I lost a bunch of weight about 10 years ago, I went on a diet. But when I right before I went on dialysis, I was fighting going on dialysis and I was getting sicker and sicker and sicker and losing my appetite. And I'm going, wow, this is great. I'm not hungry at all. And then, you know, went on dialysis and now my appetite is back and I'm still now I'm once again fighting the urges of eating. Right. I understand exactly right. what you mean. Right. That is so important, right. though, to have a good appetite. I mean, you know. That, that I don't is, have a problem with. It, well, it is. <laughs> it, it, it is. I mean, you know, if you start losing your appetite all the time, and a lot of times that can be from, you know, being uremic. It, you have a taste in your mouth, and then you don't feel hungry. And uh, it's just kind of a cycle. So this is a brand new experience for you. Yes, it is. And uh, I mean, it, some of the people who are listening, what would what would you like to tell them? I mean, you know, they're listening right now, and they're probably on in-center dialysis or on, you know, thinking about home dialysis. Well, give it a chance. You, I'm sure you will love it. If you don't, there is always going back to three times a week in-center um, dialysis. I mean, that's the thing. You can try it, and if you don't like it, it's not like a life-or-death situation. You can always go back to in-center. You know, but uh, I I tell you, I've talked to you and I've talked to a couple of other patients um, and they just can't say enough about the home hemo. They just love it and they they just would never go back to in-center. We had a patient um, who um, had a kidney transplant and he failed. He had only... Uh, 20% of kidney functioning, and he started home hemodialysis. Just because he had some function in his kidney, uh, he was told to do only three times a week or three, four times a week. The guy loved it so much. He was feeling so much better after doing six times a week dialysis that he's on six times a week. Because it just makes him feel better. Because it makes him feel better. Yeah, we talked to someone who travels all around the world, and he's on six times a week, and he just he 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 looks great. First of all, and and you you look great, by the way. Yeah, you you look terrific. Thank you. I mean, when you were here, I hadn't personally met you. I've heard a lot about you, but I looked out. I'm like, I mean, I'm like, oh, you know. I mean, it was like, wow. Um, I I thought I thought you brought her in as an actress to do one of the commercials. (laughs) Right. I mean, but the the home hemo. They're the beautiful. Kidney patients. Oh, I don't know. Just transplants have something to offer. <laughs> this is true. This <laughs> is true. Uh, I've been told uh, lots of lots of times that I don't look like a home hemodial—I mean, home dialysis patient at all. I've been yeah. told that a lot of times, and I'm glad that 
I can Isn't that a compliment? Isn't that a compliment? I mean, it's like thank you. I don't look like a patient. Is there a better is there a better compliment? Because we're not, we're people. Right. I mean but I mean also the thing that that I've gotta say is is that, you know, when I first went into the dialysis center, you know, the in center to see the other people, and a lot of the other people sometimes do look um, like patients. And it was very depressing when I it first is. went in. And there, there, a lot of them were a lot older than you and I. I'm much younger than you, aren't I? You're 33? Yes. Oh. <laughs> 33. <laughs> it's not how you act. Yeah. Oh, it's I, oh, it's, <laughs> it's I, oh, different, oh, yes. I am, I am older then. <laughs> All right, just a tad. But, I mean, they're, they're very, very elderly people. And I know, for instance, in, in one situation... There's a man in my unit that gets picked up by ambulance. He goes from the chair to the gurney, yeah. you know, and back to the chair, and and he's totally immobile, you know. And and I'm thinking, I gosh, I'm on the same level as this guy, you know. But yeah. uh, I, I just think for just emotional well-being too, the home hemo might yes. be better. Yes. yes, just just having the control of yourself, you know. This is your life. You do not depend on anybody. It's good to have supporters. Um, and your you doctor know. that you work for, was he supportive of this? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, when I was on peritoneal, I had actually a shed full of supplies. How much room does it take for the supplies for home dialysis? Probably as much as peritoneal dialysis. Um, oh, that, that uh, a lot of supplies, huh? Um, you can get it every two weeks. You can get it every month. It depends how your, um, you know, supply. You need a closet. You need a closet. We're learning more and more about home hemo, and it's getting more and more popular. And this is great talking to firsthand a patient who is doing it. And we really appreciate you coming in and sharing this with us because there's going to be thousands of people who are on in center that are, you know, thinking about home hemo and want to know what it's like. So it's not impossible to to stick yourself, and it's. It's not impossible oh, no, to do it, no. even though it does seem like that at the beginning. Yes. Uh, this is a very, very good opportunity for young patients out there. Like um, me. Yes. <laughs> you too. Uh, me too. <laughs> she says you too. Young patients and exactly. you. Exactly. There's so many patients out there, um, 20 years old, 25 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 going, years keep old. Keep going, Even 60 years old. But very, um, you know, especially for young patients, they're just starting dialysis and they're all frustrated. I myself have all the experiences already. It wasn't so scary for me. Then it's going to be scary for the new beginners, but it's better for them to start home dialysis to feel better from the start than going through all the problems and then, uh, you know, deciding going to home hemodialysis. Um, It's better to start from the beginning. It's better to feel healthy from the beginning instead of going through all the um, bad experiences. And, you know, what's really great is you can be in center and you can start learning about home dialysis and, you know, wait till I think what a lot of patients do is wait till something's not working to make a change. And they really should plan to see what what may be a better way, because I and I, I did really well on peritoneal dialysis. And when I was on in-center hemo, I had some problems with it. And when I went on PD at home dialysis, I just felt more in control. I could I could plan that I was going to go out on Friday night because I knew how I was going to feel. 
Um, that was the biggest benefit that I had is I knew how I was going to feel on a day-to-day basis and therefore did not impact my life because when I was on in-center hemo and I didn't do well, I sometimes just wouldn't plan things on my days of dialysis. And, and then people stopped calling me on Fridays because they knew that I never would do anything okay. on Fridays. And then I got mad because they didn't call me on Fridays. <laughs> so it was like a vicious cycle. And I think that's one of the biggest things that home dialysis can provide is is the consistency of feeling well on a, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Well, thank Lovely. you so much, Hasmik, for thank being you. here. And yes. we're, we're, we'll thank come you. back and visit you after you've been on Home Hemo for about six months. Yes, please do. All righty. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Home, when my thoughts escape home, when my music's playing home, when my love lies waiting silently for me. Silently for me. Well, that was that was fascinating, Stephen. Really, I told you it was a great story. I mean, yes. it's it's just great, and and the way she has learned how to do this home hemo herself, and, and she's and, so eloquent, and you know, has so much poise, and you know, she's just. She's just amazing. Yeah, she is. And I, I thought it was so funny that she works for the doctor who who helped her in Armenia come oh, over here. I think I think that that's just fascinating, and it's just wonderful that you know she's able to share her particular experience with all the patients that come into the office. Do I think this that's could be a so nighttime exciting. drama on ABC? It could be right after Desperate Housewives. <laughs> yes, Desperate Kidney Patients. Desperate Kidney Patients. Well, thanks for joining us, and I, you know I. I thought this was very informative, and I know that it's going to make me want to research the uh, home dialysis m- uh, much more thoroughly and check out everything and learn to stick myself. I think I'm going to practice on my dog first, and uh, if he'll let me stick him in the arm. And, you know, also we'll, we'll have some information on our website, but there's also a great website called homedialysis.org that you can find a lot of information about home dialysis, and I would encourage everybody to, to check it out and uh, Learn as much as you can. And if you, you know, are on home dialysis and you have a story that you want to share with us, you can give us a ring. Or email us at kidneytalk at rsnhope.org, 866-379-4673. All right, give us your suggestions, comments, questions, you know, anything. Join us back next week for another Kidney Talk. Thanks a lot, everyone. Renal Support Network would like to thank everyone who has made this show possible. Kidney Talk's founding sponsor is Amgen. Generous support is provided by Roche Pharmaceuticals and Astellas. Friends of Kidney Talk are Abbott Laboratories, American Region, and Fresenius Medical Care North America. Thank you for helping us stream health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. Visit rsnhope.org for more information. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. 